You're listening to Tin Pod Radio. My name is Becky, and you can find me on Instagram at Clarinesse Princess or on YouTube at Two Zealous Nerds. So, uh, to start this out, give yourself a slight introduction. Okay. Hey, um, I'm Jamie Ingle. I am a author of fantasy thrillers for teens and tweens, though adults love my books too. I live in Melbourne, Florida with my husband, my two boys, and the world's greatest dog. <laughs> and the book we're going to talk about of yours today is called Metal Mouth. With a, what is it, subtitle, Lightning Can Strike Twice. Sure can. <laughs> Especially in Florida. <laughs> so, what was the genesis of this book? Honestly, Brian, I woke up laughing. And I was laughing because I had this dream about this girl. And she wore braces, got struck by lightning, and now they were transmitting a boy's voice in her head. And she had to figure out who the boy was and why the universe had brought them together. And I thought, that is so silly and incredible. I have to write this story. Uh, what kind of age group is this aimed at? Um, it's 12 plus because it does deal with a lot of um, self-image. There's um, underage drinking. So there's some really serious topics that get addressed, uh, including drunk driving and the effects. So I put it for a 12 plus audience. There's there's no bad language I can think of, and there's no um, explicit sexual content. Um, but as a mom, I would let my sixth grader read this, but maybe not my fourth or fifth grader, which is my other books are mostly fourth grade. Uh, but how long it, did it take you to finish this book? This one was so fast. Mallory is the main character, and her voice just poured out of me. It's my first book in, in present tense, first person. I've never written first person, and it's my first girl voice, so all of my books have boy protagonists. This is my first girl, and she just flew right out of me. If it took me um, three months to finish this book, it was a lot. You talk about being your first book in first person. Mm -hmm. Was that an adjustment for you, or did that come easily? Um, it came so easily. The adjustment came in my final edit because I realized that because it was first person, you know, there's things you do in third person, like you don't use, um, she was walking, you say walked. But in, in this book, because it was a teenage voice, I was saying, I am walking to the store, instead of saying, I walk. So I had to go through and really cut out all of those uh, helping verbs. But otherwise, the voice itself, it was so easy. Uh, we talk about writing a female character for the first time. Uh, with your other books being like male-centric uh, lead characters, was that a choice or just something that came natural to you? Um, I just write whatever voice comes to me, and it's always 12-year-old boys. I don't know why. Maybe my mind stopped forming at 12, and I was always a tomboy, so um, I always has friends with boys. I would go to bachelor parties and dip out on the bachelorette parties when people were getting married, so I just connect with guys better. Um, I just, I think... Girls can be so petty, especially in school, and they like things like fashion and just gossip, and that's how Mallory is. She's anti all of that, and so Mallory really is me. If you want to know who, me, read Metal Mouth, and you'll know exactly how I was in, in middle school and high school. So, uh, can you give us a short uh, like overview of the book? Sure. Um, Mallory is... She wears braces, and she thinks it's stupid because she doesn't think a parent should matter. And her mom is a 
like a romance writer and she's always away on conferences and her dad is a traveling magician who works on cruise ships because my neighbor does that and I thought that was the coolest job ever. So um, her parents are all about appearance, you know, the, the sleight of hand and, you know, making sure that you're dressed to impress. So she's anti-love because her parents don't like each other, they're just married, and she's anti-appearance. Um, so when this boy pops in her head and she starts to like him, then she starts to wonder, well, what does he look like? And when she does find out what he looks like and he's gorgeous, now she cares about what she looks like to him. So she has to face her own inner judgments of appearance and popularity and all those things that girls have to deal with in high school. And it's it's really a dig of her discovering that she's not as transparent as she pretends she is. And she really has to face a lot of her inner demons. And that's part of the reason why the universe has brought these two together. Uh, with writing for younger audiences, do you find it different when you write more adult stories than it? Uh, it's funny, Brian, because I don't think about it. I just, whatever voice speaks to me, I write that story. And like my book, The Toilet Papers, that we'll talk about in another episode, um, is there's some horror stories in there that are just so horrific and grotesque that I've had family members be like, there's some issues up there, you know? And then on the other hand, I write these sweet, you know, Narnia-type adventure books for kids. So um, it's really just the voice of the character, and I have no struggle flipping back and forth between those audiences. Um, as a salesperson, I'm, it's just in me, so I'm very chameleon-like. I can really uh, get along with anybody at any time, and I think my writing comes out that way as well. Uh, with this book that you've written, like, do you think uh, the market for like young book, uh, young authors, because we know like YA authors, middle grade authors, it was once the biggest thing in publishing. It's starting to go down a little bit because it was oversaturated in the market. Do you think people uh, should be entering that market, like uh, young authors should be entering that market, or do you think it's going to be an even harder market to get into? Um, you know, it's it really boils down to what do you want to do. If you want to be traditionally published, um, there's still tons of YA authors breaking in. Um, but if you want to be indie published, then just write whatever you want to write. Uh, I've tried to do both. I've had two agents. I've had to fire both of them. Um, I've had a publisher. I had to, you know, pull my rights back. So I've I've done both sides of the spectrum. Um, but I think if you don't write the story that's in you, then and then find your audience to sell it to, then I think you're doing yourself and your audience a disservice. There's other people that say, I write this particular type of book because I want to sell, and that's what I'm writing, and I just can't do that. I just wish I could. <laughs> um, the cover, and we talked about this before mm -hmm. we started recording, is a really cool cover. I like it. Can it you tell is. something about it? This is my favorite cover so far. Um, the art was hand-drawn by the incredibly talented comic book artist Joshua Menendez of Just Josh Draws. And I adore him and follow him and love his stuff. Um, I gave him something I wanted to sort of emulate in a cover, and I gave him some images to use from actual humans. 
that I thought would play good actresses for the role, and I gave him a snippet from the book of how she looked when I described her. So from all of those things, he, he took and created this composite of Mallory, the tomboy getting struck by lightning, and I think he just did a brilliant job. And then my, my cover designer is Philip Benjamin of Benjamin Studios in St. Augustine, and he does all my books. So he took the image, and then he just turned it into this beautiful cover, which I don't know if you ever watched Gravity Falls, yeah. but when I saw this image, I'm like, oh my god, Josh, it looks like she's in Gravity Falls, and like you created a character from Gravity Falls. I love it. Uh, when, it when you talk about like having an artist and working with the artist, do you like working with other people in projects? I do. Actually, all of my books except for Dreadlands, all of my, um, like Arrow of Light, The Dredge, um, Metal Mouth, and The Toilet Papers, they were all hand-drawn or photographed by local artists. So it's, I love knowing that my covers are not just unique because they were designed for me, but that the art was specifically crafted for my book and that I'm helping to share an artist in Ocala or in New York or wherever I'm traveling, you know, and selling books or if they buy them online. Like I have a, a Facebook event in the UK in December and that somebody's going to see Josh's art in the UK is so exciting to me. Uh, you talked about the age group. It's more or less towards anguish. What was books you liked around that age? Um, so long ago. <laughs> um, growing up, I loved Alice in Wonderland. I loved Narnia. I loved fantasy adventures. Um, I really liked a lot of science fiction too, but it was, I'm more studied than read, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I would read the same things over and over and, and watch the same films over and over, and I still do that. Um, I, I liked mysteries a lot, which I think Harry Potter is really a magical mystery if you break it down. Um, so, I don't know, it was so long ago. I have to go get my library card back and check, but... Uh, that brings up a subject, just think you mentioning libraries. Like, we know that like libraries are great promotion for books, like they're a great tool for yeah. books. But in the past, libraries have had problems with self-publishers because they get very pushy. Yes. Of going towards a library. So a lot of librarians have developed a bad taste in their mouth for self-publishers mm -hmm. because people come in and say, you have to carry my book, or they, they bombard them with stuff. Right. How have you found out your relationship with libraries have been? Um, locally, I started out by volunteering my time before asking them to buy my books. So I taught for a year. I taught free classes to young adult writers that were aged 13 to 18 at the Sun Tree Library under Scott Haig, who's amazing. And then Scott picked up my books in the library. And then from there, I just went to other libraries locally. And now I'm branching out all over Florida. Um, I make one phone call a day to a library system. And I pitch my book based off of credentials, not because I think they should have it. I base it off of my awards that my books have won, the awards that I have won, um, and I just ask them if they're interested in carrying fantasy adventures for kids that deal with social issues and teach history at the same time. And who's going to say no to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, what do you think is like your biggest platform that you use to promote your books? Um, 
A couple. I always answer a couple, don't I? I think my biggest is school visits. I do a lot of author visits in schools because my first book, Clifton Chase, deals with bullying. So I've used the fantasy adventure story to touch on bullying. So um, that has been amazing. And I love getting to meet the kids and get their feedback and uh, ask them what books they like. Otherwise, I have found um, my... My people are cosplayers and Comic-Con conventions. We get each other. We're all nerds. We all geek out over pop culture, which is my favorite thing to do. So, yeah, I think Comic-Con conventions as well. And uh, when is this book coming out? Metal Mouth releases December 1st, 2018, and I'm so excited to share it with the world. It's pre-order available now on paperback and ebook through Amazon, and you can pre-order signed copies at my website as well. Ah, cool. So uh, this episode will be coming out around that time, and we'll do some more promotions and help out with it. Awesome. And as usual, like the, uh, all the information to her website will be available in the credits of this. Again, thank you for joining me to talk about Metal Round. Thank you. Thank you. Give a listen to the podcast series Brain Leakage as we live podcast every single episode of Doctor Who from An Unearthly Child on. Yes, today is a set point in time. You can't change that. Not even a Time Lord could. Brain Leakage on Tin Pod Radio.